If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the sports betting network. What up and welcome in a year-end edition of The Edge. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, and look who's back from a nice little vacay. Matt Eumanns, nice enough to join us for our final show of 2021. Yeah, you know, I was in San Diego for uh, three and a half days, and it rained nonstop. It was like a vacation to Seattle. Yeah, well, it was actually kind of the same here. It was been raining and windy the entire time, so you didn't really miss much. Uh, It was a good time, though. Yeah, did you have fun despite the uh, the blip on the radar? Despite the Holiday Bowl being canceled and everything that happened, but... Man, this is a this is one of my favorite weeks of the year with all the bowl games and the college playoffs and the NFL winding down. And uh, we got a bunch of best bets on today's show. Yeah, we do. Well, and today in general, it's just a bunch of day games as well, right? We get these college football playoff games that are underway, and that's where we begin really <laughs> quickly just to set the table for those who are watching because uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide are on the board. 548 left to go in the first quarter. Alabama leads 7 to nothing, but... Pretty good drive going here for the Bearcats, Matt Humans, as they have a first and goal at the Alabama 9 with a couple of big plays along the edges to get the Bearcats down here. So they got down relatively quickly, as did the Crimson Tide. Differences, Bearcats have yet to punch it in, but a first and goal again from the Crimson Tide 9-yard line. Yeah, based on what I've seen, and Alabama opened the scoring mostly by running the ball yep. uh, down the field. The, the drive was capped by a Bryce Young TD pass. But what I've seen so far, these defenses are going to struggle to get a lot of stops today, and that includes the Tide defense. I don't I've never thought this is one of Nick Saban's better defenses. Yeah. Uh, but it's still an Alabama team that's uh, probably the best in the nation because it's uh, right now a team led by a quarterback in Bryce Young who's dynamic at times like we saw him against Georgia. And, again, when you look back at the SEC title game, it's not like Alabama shut down the Georgia offense. Stetson Bennett's a right. below-average quarterback. He's a pedestrian quarterback. Bama still gave up 24 points and a lot of yards in that game. But the key was this offense put up 41 points and 536 yards on a Georgia defense that was allowing 6.9 points and 230 yards per game. I would not want to have the under JV, JVT in this game the, the way it started. Uh, I think we're going to see a higher-scoring game here and probably a lower-scoring game in the uh, Michigan, Georgia. Yeah, well, and it, it speaks to, right, with something I've brought up before and we've talked about on the show, football's changed, and your defense is only as good as the offense that you face most of the time. And right now you're facing a relatively high-level Cincinnati offense. Yeah, and, yeah. and Alabama, to your point, has shown some of those cracks throughout the year. Texas A&M, the secondary was relatively poor, and they got a physical in that Florida game that they just got by the Gators in. So we'll see if that's going to continue to be the case. High pass there uh, from Desmond Ritter, and that's going to be an incomplete. So we get a third and goal here for Cincinnati. We'll see if they can cash it in. 
in game, by the way, really quickly. Alabama 10 and a half with a total of 59 and a half. So maybe we get a turnover here. We'll see what uh, ultimately is going to be the case. Uh, yeah, when I walked into the South Point book today, it's packed. I'm, I was not a big fan of the starting times of today's games. Nah, it's cool uh, that we're on the air and watching it, but yeah. it's, it sucks. Why not push these back a few hours? And uh, we have a, a game to watch tonight instead of a 4.30 Pacific time. Boy, that was a really poor That's play call by Cincinnati. <laughs> a screen pass that was easy to read results in about a seven-yard loss. It's going to be a long field goal attempt uh, for the Bearcats. So I guess that helps the under a little bit. They uh, choked inside the red zone, and we'll have to set or settle for a field goal here. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure why this game started so early today. 12.30 yeah. Pacific time kick seems a little bit unnecessary. Probably push these games back a few hours. Uh, and I actually think this probably cut down on the wagering activity on this first game because it started so early. I think if it was later in the day, you might have had more public action on Bama, drop, uh, driving that number up maybe 14. Never did see that 14 pop up close 13 here at the South Point. But it's a, it's a pro-Bama crowd out in the sports book, that's yeah. for sure. When I walked in, uh, Bama was driving and uh, the crowd was uh, fired up by uh, the Tide. And that's no surprise because you expect the betting public to back uh, Alabama. Yeah, and the favorite, right? That's generally how yeah. you see when you're walking through sports. Seven well. to three. Yep, field goal is good. So seven to three is the score. Uh, an update really quickly on my screen, at least in terms of an in-game line. We'll keep you uh, up to date on all of these, of course, as you go through the show. Alabama, 11 and a half with a total of 57 and a half. These numbers I'm reciting to you courtesy of DraftKings. All right, with that, uh, a big show as it is a football Friday. So we have plenty to get to here on the program. Coming up in 15 minutes, Chris Andrews is going to be with us. He's going to walk us through the college football playoff, uh, what he saw, what they're waiting for, and what they're looking for in terms of a result here for Alabama and Cincinnati and what they're expecting later today. Uh, but let's get to some of the games in the National Football League because we do have Week 17 upon us as the inflatable uh, champagne float behind us. They're setting up here at the South Point. Uh, let's go with the one at the top of the rotation and one of the more intriguing ones, Matt Eumann's headline. Report. Colts optimistic. Carson Wentz can clear COVID protocols before the Raiders game. So they've called the Phillip Rivers. Didn't mean anything, potentially. Well, <laughs> you know, it's very strange. It's bizarre, bizarre world what's happening in the NFL right yep. now. Last week, you had Sean Payton calling Drew Brees while he's on vacation in Hawaii. Do you want to come back for one game only? You know, we were laughing about that Sunday night. And when you watch Monday's game, you realize why Sean Payton called Drew Brees. Yes. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then the Colts have this situation with Wentz. I think the Colts should be able to beat the Raiders even without Carson Wentz. It's not like he's a big-time playmaker at this point. The yeah. Colts beat the Cardinals basically without Carson Wentz last week. Uh, they've won a game with Carson Wentz throwing for under 100 yards. Yeah. So. so I think the Colts should be able to handle uh, the Raiders even without Wentz. But the fact he's back, I think it will – uh, at least it does make a difference in this number. I played early in the week. I played a Colts-Packers teaser, and I felt like an idiot when it looked like uh, the Colts. Again, we're going to have several key guys out, and that number dropped as low as two and a half at the Westgate. Now it's back up to yep. seven. Things have settled in. So I feel good about that teaser again because I'd be really surprised if the Colts don't win this game, wince or no wince. Yep, and again, uh, for those who were with us earlier in the week, right, the NFL adopting the new CDC guidelines of a five-day isolation period as opposed to 10 days opens the door for Carson Wentz to be able to play here. And I would agree with that. You know, I was making the point because you, you brought up the ridiculous market move where the news comes out and it gets all the way down to one and a half, at least in some spots, right? And uh, was like, hey, you know, if, if we're talking that and if we're going to get that low, like near pick territory, the Colts can still win this game with yeah. a powerful running attack. Yeah. And keep in mind, and this is something Wes and I brought up the other day, 
everybody's pretty much back for the Indianapolis Colts when you're looking at the roster, right? They were ravaged by injury and COVID mm-hmm. issues last week. Not the case this week. So the only name you're really waiting for is going to be Carson Wentz. So I agree with the market move here and would be um, shocked to see if Wentz is not going to be out there given what we're seeing, at least reading between the lines. Uh, with that, we go to the New York Giants at the Chicago Bears, a thrilling matchup that I know that you're very excited about. Um, what do you do with this? Andy Dalton is going to be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. The New York Giants catching six right now with a total of 37. Uh, I'm not going to do anything with it because, like I mentioned to you a couple weeks ago, I'm done with the Giants. I think the Giants are dead dogs. I think uh, the Red Rifle and uh, the Bears, probably the right side here. But you want to lay six points with the Bears? No chance. And, in fact, I I would go with Foles because he's got the hot hand. He just beat the Seahawks on the road. But Matt Nagy does not make the right call too often. All the the wrong moves is uh, kind of the slogan for the Matt Nagy era with the Bears. I, I think you should go with Foles. Uh, he's going to go with the Red Rifle. And uh, not a big difference between the two quarterbacks, but I would go with the guy who just won last week right. in Seattle. Yeah, that, to me, it's, it's simplistic, the way, but sometimes... Oh, sorry, the, yeah. the weather forecast, I was going to mention, that, um, Adam Burke wrote up uh, something on uh, the VEASAN email about the weather conditions yep. might impact some of these games. And this game in Chicago could have winds... Uh, rain or snow, this could be a game impacted by the weather, and you would think, JVT, that we're not going to see many points put on the board by either offense. Yeah, uh, as of right now, the forecast, 21 uh, 21 degrees, mostly cloudy, 15-mile-an-hour winds uh, in this matchup between New York and Chicago. And you already have uh, less than stellar quarterback play, so <laughs> probably going to be uh, an ugly game. All right, from there, Tampa Bay and the New York Jets. So uh, the Buccaneers, they have their own issues, right? Bruce Arians in COVID protocol. Mike Evans was clear, but two members of the secondary were added earlier the week as well. So the Bucs 13.5 with a total of 45.5 on the road against the New York Jets. That news probably what's keeping it from going to that key number. Also, the fact that you'll probably get a couple of the uh, sharper betters to jump on 14 if it gets there, Mm -hmm. you would think with the New York Jets. But not a perfect situation for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And we have seen when the secondary is thin or when the skill positions are thin, this team has actually looked human. Well, I I think you're right about that because it's far from a perfect situation. And I think what this situation is for the Buccaneers is survive and advance. Yep. You would not get me to lay the points here. And, in fact, if it goes 14, I will play the Jets. And I hate to do that. But the Buccaneers, at this point, they're 11-4. and four. They're chasing the top seed in the NFC. They just want to win this game. They don't care if it's by three points. I think uh, the ideal situation would be to get a lead, rest a bunch of guys in the second half. Division's wrapped up. Yeah. Right? yeah. This, this is not a game where the Buccaneers want to exert much energy. I don't think they're going to be highly motivated. Uh, so that's not a double-digit road favorite, I'd like to bet. Yep. All right. We have a lot to get to in the National Football League, and coming up uh, next is going to be Chris Andrews. But as we go through the NFL and uh, the week that is going to be, uh, really quickly, as you look at some of the uh, numbers, I wanted to point out, and I know we'll get to this a little bit later, but we should touch on this because uh, Baltimore Ravens didn't have Lamar Jackson in practice yet again, and this number's up to 5.5 with a total of 46.5 humans. And out of all these games outside of Carson Wentz, Lamar Jackson's going to be the center of attention in terms of stories here. Yeah, no question. I think there's a chance he makes the start Sunday. But I did see the footage, like most people from practice on yep. Wednesday when he hobbled around uh, the field. It did not look promising at that point. But I still think Tyler Huntley is a quarterback the Ravens can win with here. So uh, I think five and a half might be a little bit of an over-adjustment. It's not like the Rams are a powerhouse on the road that you necessarily want to lay the points here in Baltimore. It's also a desperate home dog. The Ravens can still win the AFC North. Yep. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Ravens uh, uh, rise up in this situation and uh, have a great shot to win this game 
Also, how about the news with the Packers and the Vikings? Yeah. That Kirk Cousins is out uh, because of COVID issues. At the South Point right now, that number is 13. We'll talk about that with Chris Andrews. Are you signing up for a play card, debit, MasterCard, get paid faster than a paper check with direct deposit? Always be ready to roll with play card. Visit playcard.com today to apply. Subject to card activation, 90 verification, terms and costs apply. Card issued by Metabank and a member FDIC. Alabama had a third and nine they were looking at. An offside set them up at a third and four and a big play down the middle for Bryce Young and the Crimson Tide. So they are set up now. Matt Eumann's first and 10, 350 and rolling right about midfield. Their own 47-yard line. We'll call it run play to the right side. It looks like you're going to get you a, quite a big chunk here. First down and more for Alabama as they're into yeah. Cincinnati territory. It's not looking real good for the Cincinnati defense no. so far. Stops have been hard to come by. They had a chance there to force a punt. That was a huge play. Yes, it was. So, uh, Alabama, I tweeted out sarcastically, hot knife, butter. That's Alabama at this point right now. So we'll see if they can keep things rolling. We'll come back. Chris Andrews, director of the South Point Sportsbook, will be with us here on The Edge. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, save 50% off a VSIN all access subscription for the rest of the football season with our big game special. Get access to in depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and sport on the schedule. Sign up today, and you also get our daily best bet emails, weekly betting guides, 24 7 video, and the College Bowl betting guide. Hey, you know, we'll throw that no, in. No, get there. it. Yeah, get we'll it. We'll throw that in there. VSIN.com slash subscribe. 
All right, let's bring in Chris Andrews. All right, Chris Andrews is with us, South Point Sportsbook Director, uh, on a busy New Year's Eve. All right, Chris, before we get to the college football playoff games, let's start with some of the big news in the NFL, mainly Kirk Cousins. He will not play. Sean Mannion will get the start for the Minnesota Vikings. You know, we talk about this all the time in the offseason, right? The difference between the quarterbacks is the key, not a quarterback's worth to the point spread. So what is the difference between Kirk Cousins and Sean Mannion? Well, for me, I thought it was about six and a half points. So when we got the word that Mannion would be the starter, uh, I reopened at 13. Um, I think at the time, the only other number I saw was Circa. They had 13 and a half. I thought 13 was probably a little better. I think Mannion's okay. I'm not a big Cousins fan myself. So I thought 13 was a pretty decent adjustment. So we reopened 13. We really haven't had any strong play one way or the other. So I think right now that looks like a pretty decent number. What type of play were you getting on this game, Chris, before the Cousins announcement? Because I saw that number pinball from, you know, six and a half to seven this week. Yeah, that, that's, you know, wise guys were taking plus seven, and then the public was on Packers minus six and a half. So it looked like it was going to be one of those games just come Sunday night. We were uh, probably going to go back and forth a couple of times. Mm. You know, we do everything at 11 to 10 here. So uh, a lot of times we're at six and a half. Not, it wasn't so much this week. But a lot of times we are the only one at minus 110, and then we got a seven. We're the only one at minus 110 there. So it creates a lot of action, but, of course, we're looking to dodge a number when that happens. But uh, that's not going to be the case this week. I don't know what's going to happen at the 13. We'll see. I, not, no indicators yet. All right, really quickly, too, uh, the other quarterback-centric news. Actually, we've got two games, but Indianapolis now up to seven, Chris, with a total of about 44.5 here at the South Point. Uh, if for some reason Wentz doesn't play, where do you think this gets to? I think we're looking at about two. Okay. Um, you know, I, li- I like Wentz. I don't love him. I-, I think he's, you know, pretty good. But, I mean, running is a big part of that Colts game. Um, you know, they have had some problems on the offensive line, but even even without their starters last week, they really ran the ball well. Uh, so, I think, you know, Ellinger, I-, I don't think much of him either, to be honest with you, but I think two would be a decent number uh, in-, in a situation like this. Chris, is that – is that even, I think, uh, give, giving the Raiders a little bit too much respect at this point? I, I know they've won two in a row. I think the Colts could probably just run over the Raiders, even no matter who's a quarterback. The Raiders beat a shorthanded Browns team, and last week really got fortunate to beat the Broncos with Drew Locke, and the Broncos were incompetent offensively in that game. Shouldn't the Colts be able to win this game even without Wentz? Yeah, you know, I – I understand what you're saying, but let's like you know go back to Thanksgiving Day. They beat the Cowboys in Dallas, you know, and I think if there's a hallmark of anything with this Raider team, it's really been their inconsistency. But you know, on the good end and and the bad end, you know, so they've had some pretty good games too. You know, Derek Carr probably playing a lot better than people give him credit for at this point. So um, and I, I would think two is a decent number if, if Wentz were to sit out the game. Like I said, I don't think that much of Ellinger really. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about the Ravens with uh, Lamar Jackson or without Lamar Jackson, number of five and a half. Yeah. Uh, so what's he worth here in that Ravens-Rams game? Well, once again, I, I'm not sure he's out, although everybody right. kind of saw that uh, practice uh, that he looked <laughs> I don't know what he looked like. I don't know, picked some sort of weird thing about, uh, as I heard somebody say, it looked like me when I'm trying to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, you know, walking gingerly, uh, something like that. Uh, but he, he certainly does not look 100%. I know Hundley has really played well. 
in uh, Jackson's absence. But I mean, he is Lamar Jackson. He was MVP a couple of years ago, and you know he's been a bit inconsistent this year, but he's still worth you know a bit to that number. Um, I think we had it three and a half, if I remember correctly, when when we figured that he was going to be in and healthy, and uh, you know it's it's gone up from there. Uh, you know we're we're at five and a half now. That, that, that's probably if he. If he isn't 100%, you know, that's probably a little bit of a short number. Chris Andrews with us. All right, by the way, Alabama has a third and goal here against Cincinnati, so we'll see if they can catch this in. Bryce Young taken down behind the line of scrimmage. Looks like potentially a face mask, but not called. So, Chris Looks Andrews. like it. Yeah, they didn't call it, yeah. Yeah. Alabama not getting the calls. Uh, the underdog, as uh, one of the players called them earlier yeah, this yeah, week. Yeah, that's right. Bama does not need all the breaks. In fact, Cincinnati's going to need a few breaks to uh, stay in this game. Chris, I guess before we continue uh, with the NFL, let's ask you about the college uh, football semifinals here. What type of action you had on this game, Bama and Cincinnati, and what you're going to see on the second game, Michigan-Georgia? Well, we opened Bama 13. Uh, you know, all the early play was definitely on Bama. Oh, they almost got in there. The early play was definitely on Bama. So we went to 13 and a half and then up to 14. So as of this morning, even, we were at 14. Uh, then the money started coming in. We took a couple of big plays. I think Jimmy Vaccaro uh, posted one or two on his Twitter account. So we took some big money on Cincinnati plus the 14, went to 13 and a half. That continued on uh, money showing for the dog. And it went to 13 pretty much everywhere, including us. So right now we're we're fairly even on the game, but we do need Alabama. So um, you know that right now we're rooting for the Crimson Tide. Something I'm not used to. I got to be honest with you. Yeah, I was going to say it's not too often a bookmaker's rooting for Bama, and uh, right now Bama knocking on uh, the door of JBT. They're about to go up 14-3. It looks like. Yep. Uh, we got a timeout on the field though. How about the second game today, Chris? Well, that's it. We opened Georgia seven seven in that game. Uh, we got bet up pretty quickly, two seven and a half. We've been there ever since. I have a feeling we're going to wind up back at seven. Uh, you know, it seems like the trend is on the dog right now. I haven't got quite enough to move it down to seven, uh, but I have a feeling we're going to get there. But I'm going to wait to see what uh, what transpires in this first game. I'll do all my what ifs, and a lot of times there's some. You know, hidden stuff uh, lurking out there with, you know, we might have parlays one way or the other. And uh, so at this point, I'm, I'm not ready to move it to seven, but I have a feeling we're going to get there before post time. All right, Chris Andrews again and Andrews Sports up on Twitter. All right, Chris, let's get back to the National Football League and a couple of these key games and some of these numbers uh, that we could see move around here. What do you expect from Kansas City and Cincinnati as we approach kickoff on Sunday? I know you guys right now are sitting on four and a half uh, with a total of about 50 and a half. And where's the action been uh, throughout the week here? Well, right now I opened four and a half and haven't moved it. We've been writing terrific business both ways on this one. I saw it go to five in a couple spots, but I still see a lot of four and a half. So right now we're uh, we're in great shape with this one. I think this is going to be a really heavily bet game uh, come post time. We we have had quite a bit on the over though. That's uh, you know I can understand that there may be some weather situations which you know would be typical of Cincinnati this time of year. But they've been over forty nine for a pretty big whack and over fifty for a pretty big whack as well. I'm at fifty and a half right now, so I I, I don't see a flood of under money coming on this game unless they're is indeed bad weather. And I, I don't think it's going to be real bad. I, I think right now we're looking at, you know, reasonable uh, Cincinnati weather at this time of the year. All right. I'm on Bengals plus five in that game. We talked about, and I actually played the Colts on a teaser early in the week. A couple good games 
early in the uh, NFL schedule this week, Raiders at Colts and um, Chiefs at Bengals. How about in the afternoon? I'm intrigued by this game. Cardinals at Cowboys. And have you uh, attracted Dallas action this week? This number is up to six, and that's a little bit surprising to me. But the Cowboys off the blowout of Washington, and I know yeah. they're a popular team. Yeah, we opened five. They laid me five. They laid me five and a half, so I'm at six. That's kind of stopped the train a little bit, but it seems like they're still trending on the Cowboys. I haven't brought in too much Cardinal money. Um, you know, we talked about inconsistency with the Raiders. I mean, the Cowboys have been inconsistent, too. I mean, I know they looked great last week, and maybe it's just the first game that Dak has been 100% healthy since he did hurt that ankle. I mean, it, there's definitely a case for that. But uh, but they're not the – they're not the most consistent team. If, if the Cardinals went in there and beat them, I don't think I would be all that shocked. Cardinals are a downside. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, at some point in time, the worm does turn. And this team, for the Cardinals, they do have a lot of talent. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't expect them to continue that downward slide. At some point, they will turn it around. There's only two games left in the season. So I think this would be a good time for them to do that. All right. I took six with the Cardinals there, too, yep. JVT. I was waiting to see if that number was going to go up this week. Uh, Chris, we've got one minute left, and uh, let's wrap it up with uh, your Pittsburgh Steelers and what looks like Big Ben's home finale oh. Monday night. Will you cry? Uh, <laughs> Chris is going to get emotional. Oh. I know that. Uh, Chris, how's this game going to be? No. Ben, would, would you be tempted to take the three and a half with uh, Pittsburgh as a home dog? <laughs> no, I said in the beginning of the week, I, you know, sometimes that emotional stuff can work against you. And, you know, if, if you look beyond that, just at, at the line of scrimmage, I mean, the, the the Steelers just have such a hard time stopping the run. And uh, I, I really think that has to be a big part of the uh, Browns game plan. Although the Steelers did a pretty decent job last time they played, but uh, you know, things change constantly in this league. And right now I don't like the way the Steelers defense is playing. And I think they'll be run upon by the Browns. You know, I mean, come Monday night, I'm sure I'm going to be rooting for the Steelers for my wallet and for my heart. But uh, I, I'm not sure I'd be betting on him myself. I really, I don't think I would at all. Chris, Happy New Year. Thank you for the time. We appreciate it. We'll be back here on The Edge. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sounds good. Hey, if you missed any part of this show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all the shows. Download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book, Market Insights, Hardwood Handicappers, Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and more all free. Available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Right. All right, we move on. We've got a lot of football to get to really quickly. The update here, Alabama up 10-3 to over Cincinnati. So, Not going well for the Bearcats. I was going to say, recap for me in the audience, if you can, what happened there, because it looked like Bryce Young ran down to the two-yard line. I thought they had a first down. We were talking with Chris Andrews. I look up and I see Bama kicking a field goal. Bama's now got the ball back after a Cincinnati punt. So, Bama, that was a third and goal from the 15-yard oh, okay. line okay. for Bryce Young on the scramble. So, as you said, you get to the two-yard line, but to be quite honest with you, your running game's averaging nearly seven yards per carry. From the two-yard line, I would think three-yard line, I mean, I think you go for it considering the way your offense has been playing yeah. and the way your defense has had a small advantage here early on. Uh, and sure enough, they don't. They kick the field goal, but they got a false start on the field goal attempt, so ultimately got moved back. So that eliminated the pot of the probability of going for it. But regardless, field goal is good, 10-3. to 3, And as you mentioned, a quick three and out 
for Cincinnati. And Alabama has the ball back now, second and 15 in this spot here against the Bearcats. Quick update on the in-game line. Again, these numbers uh, via DraftKings up online. Alabama 13.5-point favorite total down to 50.5, Matt Eumann. So this in-game total got as high as 59.5 after the first Alabama touchdown. Now we're down to 50.5. So if you got in early, you can set up a nice little middle here potentially if you want. Cincinnati's having a little bit of a rough go of it so far. So. Third down. Bearcats need to get their defense off the field here. Yes. Yes, indeed. All right. With that, we move on to the National Football League. Sunday, January 2nd, Falcons, Bills. Bills, 14.5 point favorite, total of 44.5. Uh, look, I get the number, right? Bills deserve to be favored by quite a bit over an Atlanta Falcons team that is power rated extremely low. Here's the thing. It's 14 plus the hook, so it's an extremely, uh, extremely tough number to lay there. If you're back of the Buffalo Bills, and I've brought this up before, and I will, I will say the dirty V word here with the Bills, Josh Allen is volatile, and you can get the game in which he's dropping dimes and throwing, you know, on a rope against the New England Patriots. You can also get the Jacksonville Jaguars game where he turns it over a bunch of times and they score six points. So uh, at the end of the day, Bills got a big win last time out. Now you got to lay 14 and a half here against the Atlanta Falcons. Division is still on the line, but still too many for my book. Yeah, I think the Falcons actually uh, keep it within this number. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be one of my best bets this week and might not bet it at all. But if, uh, if I had to play it, I'd take the 14 and a half. You got the Bills on a little bit of a flat spot off the big win at New England. And uh, really, what does this game mean? The Bills got to win this game. They're not trying to uh, pile up style points or anything like that. 14 and a half used to be, for a lot of sharp betters, like an, an automatic take. Yep. It seems like the league has changed where even the sharper betters are a lot of times are sometimes afra afraid to take these big dogs uh, like this, especially late in the season when you wonder what the incentive is uh, for the Falcons. But uh, I, I would take the 14 and a half. I still think you got a live offense. And uh, I'm not going to say a live dog, but a dog that's uh, capable of uh, keeping this somewhat close. And again, I think Buffalo is going to be a little flat in the first half off that Patriots win. Yep. So uh, by Alabama, punts. Cincinnati's going to get the ball back here. Uh, yeah, I would agree with all of that. So we move on from the uh, boring game here to the other kind of boring game. Philadelphia on the road against Washington. Now, Philly has been taking care of business in a pretty good way. Uh, we just saw these teams play, what, about 10 days ago or so uh, because of the adjustment in the schedule. So Philly, now a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road with a total of 44-and-a-half or 45. They were a nine-and-a-half-point favorite the first time around. But remember, a lot of COVID absences, including a quarterback for Washington. And the last time we saw the football team, absolutely smoked by the Dallas Cowboys yeah. uh, in a less-than-stellar effort. The bounce back here for Washington is pretty interesting because like, I'm in the camp of Philly being somewhat overvalued by the betting market. I think they're an extremely limited offensive team as well. They can run the ball extremely well, but if the running game is not there, then we have seen this passing game struggle. First tendency is to take four, four and a half with Washington, but I don't like that defense and what we just saw from them. Yeah, it's kind of similar to the previous game we just talked about. I like the dog here, but it's not going to be one of my best bets. Yep. Uh, I think a lot of times when you bet the NFL, you have to forget what you saw last. Uh, you d definitely don't want a recency bias when you bet. And like you said, the market's been all over Philly uh, recently. And this betting market this week is going to hate the Washington football team off that 56-14 loss at Dallas. Washington looks like a dead dog right now. Uh, I think Washington is going to be a live dog in this spot. A division game, uh, you got a home dog catching four and a half at most spots. Uh, I would look at Washington or pass here. Yep. Uh, and by the way, to that point when we're talking about Philadelphia and the 
the lopsided offense by DVOA standards, 10th overall in offensive efficiency, fourth in terms of their rushing attack, but 14th in terms of their passing attack. So, again, it's been to the point of if you can make them one-dimensional, all of a sudden you can find yourself in some contests against them. Uh, after that, on the rotation, you get to 115-116. As we already talked about, Kansas City and Cincinnati, you and I both on the Bengals' side. Uh, we both took five, right? You took five as well? I took Bengals? five. I yep. took five with the Bengals. Yep, so I'm on that side as well, and it was part of do the numbers while you were gone. Big key here is going to be for Kansas City pressuring Joe Burrow without blitzing him because he's brilliant against the blitz, but he's mm -hmm. terrible under pressure. But here's the thing, Kansas City, top 10 team in terms of blitz rate, so not really in their M.O. to just rush three or four and sit back in coverage. No, you're right. But And the one thing I pointed out about the Chiefs' win streak, it's an eight-game win streak, and everybody's really impressed right now, but only two of those wins have come on the road. Yep, and two against top, like, I think, 15 offenses, right? It's the right. Chargers and it's the Cowboys. And against the Chargers, yep. they allowed 28 points. So and I, analytics won the game for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Joe Burrow's got the hot hand right now. Off that 525-yard game uh, last week, I, I really believe the Bengals are going to offensively do what the Chargers did against KC. Weather permitting, I'm not sure how bad the weather is going to be in Cincinnati. It looks like it might impact the game a little bit. But I would still think a high-scoring game. I like the Bengals' chances to win it, uh, so I took five. Uh, now PFS highest-graded passer, Joe Burrow, yeah. on the season. He has been absolutely tremendous, especially these three weeks since they lost to the Chargers. Uh, it's like he took the loss to Herbert personally. He's been, mm -hmm. he's been on a roll, Joe Burrow has. All right, from there, we go to a big spread. New England Patriots, 16.5-point favorites at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Total of 41.5, and you're laying that big of a number here. Uh, but we'll point out a few things here. First of which is the New England Patriots have a history in this short season of blowing out bad teams, right? Uh, took it to the Jets multiple times, uh, blew out other teams uh, along the way as well. Uh, we talked about the shutout of the Atlanta Falcons, right, as part of their schedule here, beating up on the Tennessee Titans, the Cleveland Browns. So blowouts uh, are in the history of this version of the New England Patriots. You're just laying a hefty number here with New England, and not something I feel like doing. No, I'm not going to lay this big number either. I just don't bet the NFL that way. But the Patriots are very good, like you said, at playing the bully role. And uh, they're probably going to run all over the Jaguars. I wouldn't be surprised if they win this game in a blowout. They need a get-right game after mm -hmm. dropping two in a row. And this looks like it's going to be it. Plus, you've got a Bill Belichick defense. It's going to be hungry to feast on a crippled quarterback. And uh, that's exactly what Trevor Lawrence is. I'm not talking about physically. He's just um, – Trevor Lawrence is just completely out of sync right now. Davis Mills, a third-round draft pick out of Stanford, has better numbers across the board than Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick. And uh, he just—he showed you last week. He's just not really focused. He—he he doesn't even know what the game situations are when he's out there on the field, spiking the ball on third, third down, goal. Yeah. third and goal. Uh, absolutely, brutal. spiking the ball on third and goal, and just—I uh, think the the Jaguars, to me, and this has been true for several weeks. Jaguars have just been on my no bet list. Yep. I would agree. Uh, it's like Urban Meyer wasn't the problem. Shocking. Well, he was part of the problem. He, he was a big part of the problem, but they've got a lot of problems. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cincinnati, now two of five on third down. It's the fourth and four. They're going to punt it back to Alabama, 10 to three with 944 left to go. So we'll update that in-game total, but it continues to plummet that these two trade punts and short drives. Next up on the board, and also with that Patriots-Jags game, no real uh, weather to write home about. Seems like it's about 45 degrees, light wind, uh, and cloudy. Okay. So nothing crazy uh, to keep track of there. But Mother Nature's crazy. Miami and Tennessee. This is up next. 33 uh, with a total of 40. 439.5s are out there as well. And some threes with altered juice. So you're sitting about that uh, key number. The thing is, with the Titans, they had some COVID issues earlier in the week. So we'll see if those manifest themselves by the time you get to Sunday. 
um, if those COVID issues resolve themselves and you're laying three, three and a half humans, uh, definitely have not eliminated the Titans. You know how I feel about Miami. Very overvalued offense. Only 13 points offensively against the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football. Was a disjointed effort yet again from that offense into a tongue of Iloa. I think they're an overvalued team, but want to make sure, offensively especially, the Titans are going to be at relative full strength because we know that they're top-heavy and that has shown in some of their recent losses. Yeah, this is one of those games I liked early in the week. You were talking about a Sunday night on the opening line show. The situation sets up better for the Titans yep. in this spot, and uh, we saw that number move from three to three and a half. I did not play it before it moved to three and a half, so I'm not going to play it now at a, at a worse number, but I think this is where the Dolphins' win streak ends. In fact, the Dolphins did not do many things were very impressive in that Monday night game at the Saints. Even with yep. that miserable quarterback play the Saints had, they had plenty of opportunities going into the third quarter to get back in that game and win that game. I think the Dolphins, like you said, have been a little bit phony. Yeah, so uh, to update the COVID issues too, A.J. Brown uh, remains on track to start, but uh, the other starter, Nick Westbrook-Ahine, is, uh, was on the COVID list. He was activated today, early this morning. So it looks like they're going to have their, stu- their two projected starting wide receivers, but inside linebacker Jan Brown, defensive lineman Nico Autry, and uh, tackle Kendall, Kendall Lamb, among others, are in danger of missing this too. So I want to make sure that this team is going to be ready to go. Uh, that's pretty much true for a lot of the bets you make in the oh, yeah. NFL at this point. You just got to – sometimes you got to wait unless you know – uh, you have a lot of information that you're going to have the best of the number early in the week. Update on Cincinnati-Bama, the live line. This is from the Westgate Superbook. Bama back to 13-and-a-half-point favorite. And uh, the total, this game slowed down quite a bit yep. since we first got on the air. The total has dropped to 50-and-a-half. Wow, look at that. All right. We'll come back. Uh, we have best bets for ourselves, both NFL, NBA, and maybe more here on The Edge. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, 
Hey, folks, welcome back. This segment of The Edge is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouch. It's a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, so it's never been easier to find your Zen. Head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. Z-Y-N.com slash find. Warning. This product contains nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. As is betting. As is betting. It's a lot of fun. Uh, 10 to 3 right now. 9 11 lets it go in the second quarter. Alabama with a chunk play up the seam there to one of the tight ends. So we got to take first and 10 for the Crimson Tide as they continue to drive. And the total continues to drop. Yeah, the under is looking better and better all the time. Yep. All right. With that, best bets recap from the NBA for last night 76ers plus five. Matt Humans was the play for yesterday. They get the win outright Philadelphia does against the Brooklyn Nets had a pretty solid lead early on Nets of course because they're very good get back in it uh, but how about these th- this couple of little trends come out of this uh, one since Joel Embiid came back from that nine game absence because of COVID uh-huh. they have played 16 games the Philadelphia 76ers are one and nine against the spread as a favorite but five and one against the spread as an underdog over that stretch I saw that you tweeted that out what yeah. do you make of that uh, so in so the, one of the things and I wrote about this in the column last night uh, yesterday, which was they had a negative like 1.2 net rating going into yesterday. Top 10 defense, bottom five offense. Really what it is is it's a okay team, but not a great one. And when you're a good defensive team, you can keep yourself in a lot of games. But when you're laying points, right, you're probably not going to cover a lot of numbers. But when you're catching points, you'll probably be able to stay within a couple of numbers. Sure enough, you're catching five, an inflated number because the market gets crazy because Kevin Durant's back. And sure enough, they get the win out right, and they can stay within a number like that. So it's a simplistic way to look at it, but I think that's what it is. It's a good defensive team mm-hmm. that's keeping themselves in a lot of these games. So I'd rather back that team with the points. As for big, big schedule in the NBA on, yeah. on uh, New Year's Eve and actually New Year's Day. Well, it, it is, but yeah. i got to tell you, uh, a little, I'm getting a little burned out here. Every single game, seven guys on the COVID list or injury. It's just, it's getting monotonous looking through all these reports and finding when these guys are going to come back or when they potentially could. Uh, But today, just one, I had two. It was one early play that we put in the column. So that one's already done. It was the Celtics and Suns game. Uh, And then I'll add one for later in the day. Clippers plus six and a half. So this is actually the second time you said I've been on the Clippers since they uh, lost Paul George to the injury. Had him against the uh, Boston Celtics. They won that game outright earlier this week. And actually, it's funny because I wrote a column in Points Spread Weekly this week saying, hey, you know what? This slide is probably going to get worse. Going into that Celtics game over their previous 29, the Clippers were 8-21 against the spread. Like, they had not been going. They had been awful against the number. But the market has overreacted really, really strongly to the losses that the Clippers have. And they still have some relatively solid dudes out there, right? Eric Bledsoe, Serge Ibaka, Marcus Morris, Justice Winslow, all relatively solid defenders in their own right. Luke Kennard's been playing extremely well over the last nine games, shooting just over 45% from three, right? So guys have been stepping up. In Toronto, there's a couple of things here. One, they're pretty much whole, right? Yes, you're going to get Preston Chichua back. Ken Birch is back. Essentially, they're starting five. They had all these COVID issues. Guys are going to be back in the lineup for the first time in a long time. But we see this all the time. We saw it last night. Just because guys are back doesn't mean continuity jumps right in. So I think there's going to be some issues there. And here's something sneaky to watch for when we watch Toronto games. Raptors are only allowed 1,000 fans in the building now. <laughs> so what, I, what I'm curious is we saw in those empty arenas that totals were like they were skyrocketing. Empty shooting backgrounds. Guys were liking the empty gyms. It's not necessarily empty, but it's not full. 
So you wonder if these are going to be some higher scoring affairs for Toronto when they're mm-hmm. playing at home here. Just something to keep an eye on, right, going forward. Offenses might be better. But overall, just give me the Clippers plus six and a half today. Okay. How about tonight? The Lakers play the late game. So if you're at a bar tonight, the football is going to be over. Yep. Uh, the one game all eyes are going to be on, the Blazers-Lakers late tonight. Yeah. And uh, also, if you can't address, you don't see this very often. I can't recall it ever happening. I'm sure it has. Teams that are playing back-to-back on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Yes, they are. The Clippers are one of them. They get the Nets tomorrow, so they'll play Toronto today and then have to cross the border and play the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and then the San Antonio Spurs, too. But to focus on this, because you brought it up, so Lakers 5.5 with a total of 226.5 right now. How about this stretch that LeBron James has been on? Six consecutive games with 30 or more points. He's averaging 32.4, 10 rebounds, 6.3 assists during this slide that this Lakers team is on right now because they're one and six straight up and three and four against the spread. He's been doing everything possible, yeah. but the Lakers have been just trash around it. The other night, they blow a fourth quarter lead to Memphis and they lose that game as a five and a half point underdog. They cover, but they don't win. Here's the thing. Eight players are out with injury or COVID for Portland. Among them are Covington, C.J. McCollum, Yusuf Nurkic, and Freddie Simons. Those are some really key players for the yeah, Portland Trailblazers. I would say so. And uh, the market has moved off of that six that this opened up at a five and a half. I hate to say it, I think I'd rather be on the Lakers side than I would be the Portland Trailblazers. The injury report's actually kind of thin for Los Angeles. It looks like they're going to get some guys back. They're going to be relatively whole, as whole as you can be this season. It would be LeBron or pass against Damian Lillard and a bunch of no-names. You know what I mean? But I, I'm with you. I'm curious to see what teams like San Antonio and the Los Angeles Clippers are going to be doing tomorrow. San Antonio is on the road against Memphis today, and that's a pretty tough matchup, right? Uh, but after that, uh, when you hit the road tomorrow to take on Detroit, it's not like you're going to be up for like <laughs> taking on the Pistons. Uh, Greg Popovich is the type of coach who might just say, this is a, a crappy scheduling yep. situation the league put us in. I'm just going to sit all my starters and put five random guys out there. Maybe, yeah. And, and like you said, you know, <laughs> it's New Year's Eve. Do you get into Detroit and hit up whatever's out there? I don't know. but I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. And I think one of the more dangerous situations, I would guess, is the Clippers going to Brooklyn, right? Yeah. Uh, on a New Year's oh, yeah. Eve situation, but how long does it situ- how long does it take to get through customs in today's day and age? Get there, all that. Uh, they're interesting situations, but of the two, if you're playing something situationally, I think the Clippers would be the one you keep your eye on. I just think also as players, you got to hate this. Oh hell yeah! You're right on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Yep. That Come sucks. on. Uh, and, and at least make more teams do it, not just two, right? Uh, yeah, first. Uh, no kidding. I, I have not been a proponent of betting on the Lakers at all the past couple months, but this is a game tonight the Lakers got to win. Yeah. And, think... and it's a little bit scary that LeBron is playing so well right now. I don't think he can play much better no. than he's been playing, and the Lakers are still not winning. Did you see John Morant did to him, though? Man, he yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Over, I think it was 41 points. At the end of the third quarter, he comes up with the clock like uh, winding down, just hits a three-point shot. I mean, the guy's at the yeah. top of his game. Uh, all right, really quickly, I'll throw out the uh, football bets because they did add one today uh, and that would be the Cardinals catch a points against the Dallas Cowboys the other plays remain the same Bengals plus the five and the Texans plus 13 what do you got all right best bets for me Cardinals plus six Bengals plus five and I, I talked about uh, early in the week I put in that teaser that's been here on the show Colts minus one and a half Packers minus one we've got some other games I'm looking at as well but those three on the record for now Cardinals Bengals as dogs Colts Packers teaser uh, quick look at college football. 
Bowls so far have been pretty good. 4 0 oh, 1 nice. on the bowl plays on this show. What today, was uh, what's that? The, was push the push was last night, Arizona State plus yeah. seven. Bad beat. And I want to give a hat tip to uh, Paul Chris, the Wisconsin coach, for showing such great sportsmanship and running out the clock at the end of the game. <laughs> that was outstanding. I was very happy with him last <laughs> night uh, doing that. I was sarcastic. That's not a bad beat. No, that, that was trending beat. on Twitter yesterday. Like, oh, we got another bad beat. Like, no, it wasn't. No, no, it's not a bad beat. But it was, uh, I, I'll call it a little bit of a fortunate push. But uh, yeah, that's okay. An agonizing defeat, whatever you want to call it. But, yeah, not a bad beat. Also, uh, coming up here, I got Michigan plus eight. Bet that a couple weeks ago. Uh, Notre Dame minus two tomorrow morning. Utah plus four and a half in the Rose Bowl. I've got Utah plus six and a half and plus four and a half. But on the record on this show at four and a half, I still like it. I'm even going to play some Utah money line in this game. And uh, Kansas State minus three and a half over LSU. It's a skeleton crew for the Tigers in that Texas Bowl on uh, Tuesday. So uh, that's it for NFL and college football. We got a couple games to wrap up here. Yeah, we do. And by the way, I grabbed uh, five with the Utes too. When you were, we were texting earlier in the week and you said that out. I was like, ooh, I should probably grab that. So I'm, I'm with you on Utah. You know what? I'll yeah. mention one more thing. Scott Kellen, who's regular on this show on Fridays, couldn't make it today. His best bets Cardinals, Cowboys over 51, Eagles, Washington under 45, and Broncos plus seven at Chargers. Yep. All right, so we covered Rams and Ravens. Uh, again, situation here, Ravens now catch a five and a half with questions around Lamar Jackson, his status for this weekend. And um, with that, we move to 121-122. We get the Broncos and the Chargers. COVID issues for the Denver Broncos. It has hit their locker room relatively hard. This number is as high as eight in one shop on the screen. Seven and a half populate the board, though, with a total of 45 and a half in favor of the Chargers. Yeah, you've seen eight at the Westgate Superbook and some other spots right now, seven and a half everywhere. So Scott made this play before yep. the COVID news, and I'm not sure how are you to handle this now, but um, I think the Chargers is going to be a real popular teaser play with a lot of people knocking that down to one and a half. Yep, uh, and the uh, San Francisco 49ers, 12 and a half point favorites here. Again, questions about Jimmy Garoppolo. Texas has been playing well. Davis Mills has been playing well, and I think the 49ers just overvalued here. Did you take 13 with the Texans? Took 13 with the yeah. Texans, yep. Okay. Uh, and then you get Carolina and New Orleans. The news that uh, we get a new quarterback situation, 6.5, though, with a total of 37.5. I think the Panthers are the right side. Sam Darnold's going to be the quarterback. Bama just missed a field goal, yeah. by the way, so it's still 10-3, 4.47 to go in the uh, uh, second quarter here. Cam Newton is the starting quarterback for Carolina. This is one of my favorite uh, numbers of the year. Last 13 starts, 0-13 straight up, 1-12 against the spread. Sam Darnold's going to get to start this week. Yes, indeed. And uh, finally, we don't have to cover it because uh, we're out of time, and I don't think a lot of people care, but Detroit's 7.5-point underdog on the road against Seattle. Missed field goal, as humans mentioned, for Alabama. My guys in the desert, they'll carry you on from here and keep track of everything in the college football playoff. Happy New Year, everybody. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. 
Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.